Alligator Blood moves up and takes the lead, but Mr. Brightside's challenging. Mr. Brightside up to Alligator Blood. Cascadian late. Mr. Brightside in front. And Mr. Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm the Lion Ranger up here. Walt has packed his bags. He's off to Colorado ahead of the US Masters trip. He's on a 10-pin bowling expedition. So I think he's evens to make it to Augusta alive. Uh, who knows what will happen in the backwaters of America in those 10-pin bowling alleys. Ooh, he's a braver man than me. DK, he's braved the uh, the weather. There's been a, uh, a rain bomb hit Melbourne, so anyone that's done form for Flemington might want to just like, peel it back a little bit uh, for this Saturday and the Mooney Valley. I guess it cops it a little bit better. But uh, rain bomb hits Melbourne for, uh, Thursday morning. PVL sent one through to you, DK. You're not the only lone ranger there, Scoot. I'm, I'm, I'm the lone ranger down here. I, and I did, did cross my mind when I was dropped the kids off at school <laughs> and I couldn't see in front of me. But I thought, oh, I might as well turn around here and go and do a remote thing. And old mate Nico had the same idea by the look of it. But anyway, oh, mate, absolutely pissed down. Like, brutal drive in. Brutal. Um, and the weather bureau, like the bomb, the good old bomb, like 7 a.m. I looked at the, I looked at the thing and it said, oh, the prediction Melbourne today, zero to one mil, possible shower, this and that. Well, by 8.30, Dad said it was 20 mils in 10 minutes and um, everything's underwater. But uh, the drainage in that is, is good at uh, the drainage. We know what the drainage is like in Flemington, but... Uh, Anyway, Scoot, I got in here, I made one, I took one for the team, I'm in here, I'm dedicated, but uh, I don't know where my well, mate is, where's, where's Nico? On the nest, love nest, surely. Perth shop at home, currently DK, so uh, yeah, I've avoided <laughs> this rain. I've still got to go into the city later actually, but um, that, uh, I think it's a, maybe a bit of a reassessment for a few of those punters like me who have done early form for Flemington and Mini Valley, uh, there looks like there's another band coming as well, so uh, interesting stuff. Mm. Sort of stormy stuff. I think that's what it's throwing them. It's sort of just just built out of nothing, really. So um, that when those cells and sort of bit tropical weather have like, what, what do you get in your weather scoop? It just comes out of nowhere all the time up here. It's uh, it's zero to one mil, and the next thing you know, the everything's drenched. But um, speaking of uh, eyes of the storm or storm, bit stiff there, uh, Nico, Mister Moneybags, the old uh, toiler nalgia uh, in from the yard there, and uh, I think you send it as a syndicate bet. Wow, Carlene Heffel, can't she just uh, get you both ways there? But uh, you finish the day strongly with Ferretti. How was it there at Sandown? Oh, it was a bit torturous early. There was a few seconds and the like, but uh, yeah, Ferretti, the way he paraded, I thought, gee, this horse is going to run a, a big race. And I said on the text, he could put in a PB, and I reckon he has. So um, I suppose that's a benefit of, you know, watching horses like that every start. You get to get a really good profile on them. And yesterday was probably the best I've seen him parade. So um, you know, it was good to get a result there. But yeah, that, that race, Carleen beat us, was a bit sick right on the post, especially Mr. Moneybags. How old is he? 12 or something he's just been going around forever and he nails us so uh it's been a tough month to be honest um a lot of a lot of variance this month but uh hopefully the the result last night late we can just kick off that into i think what's a pretty good weekend of racing in, in melbourne and i think yeah you just got to keep taking those good prices took a really good price either storm and uh there's a horse later on that we're going to talk about i think he took 14 dollars in parities uh a little while ago and it got uh, mowed down by artorias so as long as you're shopping okay um, you can survive a little bit longer. DK? I, I just on that, just on Ferretti, I'll give, I'll give you the biggest lock. I'll give you the biggest lock, the biggest fill-up in racing down here at the moment is Jay Childs on a Gay Waterhouse leader. Absolute, I don't know what the, what the I mean, there's a bit of recency bias, but he, he just, he's a great front, front for the old, remember B York, I don't know, Walt's not here, but you might remember B York. I do. B York was a great front-running rider. Well, I'll tell you what. Jay Childs down here, he's a great raider of tempo out in front, and then he gets on these gay things and they just elevate, particularly with a run under their belt. Um, sometimes, even though Gay says she gets them really fit, second up when they go up in distance and he gets more control of the front and stuff like that. It's just fine. Just, I don't know. I, I, I wish I had stats in front of me or some of the results, but I do, all I can remember the last few weeks is just these Jay Childs, Jay Gay things just leading all the way. So it's a fill up at the moment. I tell you what, filling up, you've just proven you're not a one-trick pony, DK. You're a, I think you're a metro man after all. You nailed Mr. Brightside last week, uh, and then one of your horses just absolutely bolted up uh, Queen E. You said she's, she's, a couple of weeks a ago horse. that it uh, was just having a little bit of a pipe opener, and there's a big race in it around the corner, and then uh, she just waltzed in last weekend. But uh, wasn't it an old, uh, it's an old classic pearl, the Valley Horses, uh, Mr. Brightside. We said it on the show, I sort of, I've got to be great up myself, but uh, you saw it crystal clear, mate. Well done. Yeah, I see it. Well, just, I just saw it. Yeah, sometimes you just see races and that's there. The, someone just comes to you rather than digging deep and trying to find reasons. I'm looking, so you sort of could have found a hole in the favourite there 
And then especially when they put him up short odds and then I'm thunderstruck, the jury was a bit out and he had the jockey minus and all of a sudden you go looking for the, the other one. There's your horse. He's drawn well. He's got the good rider. Going to map behind him in the right spots. In, the, in those fast paces, you, that A, that sweet spot is that two to three links off the leaders getting the with cover, you know, and that's where he was. And, um, you know, he got a couple of great rides and it all, all panned out really well. A couple of big – and, and look, look, we'll get to it later when we we'll talk about the Australian Cup, but then you got to look like a horse like Cascading who's run super at Mooney Valley, but he's not. He's more a Flemington horse. So he comes to Flemington to his right track and everything on the weekend, so he's probably more suited, whereas up against a horse like Mr. Bryce, he's a great Mooney Valley horse, suited at Mooney Valley, things like that. So uh, horses for courses – Old there, but uh, no, it was great. It was a great race. I mean, I love a proper race. I mean, how good's a proper race? Mm. You know, tempo and they're all, you know, they're all had them having, having a the max out. Yeah, it's just big money. It was just great race. Great, great. It's been, uh, whatever people say, it's been the Mukatu's race and all this. It's been a great race. It's been a great concept. So, um, yep, no, good on Mr. Brightside and good on the Hayes boys. I mean, they mm, been said about it, but um, they, they could have been, they could have easily bombed out and everyone was potting them and. So then the old man was carrying him and Dabbing was carrying him and they've had to start again and um, good on him. Interesting, a uh, bit of an excuse for I'm Thunderstruck. He uh, pulled up with heat stress. They had five uh, vets around him to make sure he uh, got through or got home sort of safely. So I think he's uh, definitely a forgive out of that race um, and I think there's another couple of horses. Uh, I think, what, Alligator Blood copped a bit of a bump and as you say, it's just rough, Rowdy, and um, I guess he had the uh, saloon passes through but uh, was still uh, strong enough to be in the right position to win but... Yeah, I guess that's typical Mooney Valley. It's uh, it gets tight, but uh, with the uh, the heat, there's some going to be some I think uh, form reversals, not just out of Melbourne, but uh, definitely out of Rose Hill. There's some quiet rides. I think Japanese Emperor was a horse that uh, Nico and I like, dead as a doornail. Uh, Bank Moore sort of was knocking on the door to uh, win a race, and then um, Slipper Day. I didn't think on Uncommon James did himself any um, harm there, and there was just a couple of. Uh, small moments where jockeys could have zigged instead of zag. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a fair few uh, form reversals and even Pericles. Uh, he sweated up and just probably threw the race away before uh, he even went out and that was a classic uh, yard one there and he just couldn't get past Lindemann. And, um, the same with King's Gambit and those sort of horses. So it would be interesting to see uh, – off those off those really hot days. You're going through the horses that got beat there and there's there's a bunch of favourites in there. So last week a lot of them looked hard to beat on paper and then, you know, they come out and, you know, a horse like Pericles looked like he had every possible chance to get past Lindemann. So um, hopefully this week's a bit better. But I'll just with I'm thunderstruck with the, the heat stress. It sounded pretty bad um, from what I heard on track. So um, seems like the horse is okay now. Um, I haven't really heard anything since. So that's probably a positive with him, but yeah, a bit of forgive. I thought the... The interesting thing with the All-Star Mile, um, I saw a lot of the camera crews there following in the inevitable, they're following on Thunderstruck um, for this documentary they're making. So off, off, what, off what I saw they captured, it, tr- it yeah. looks like they've, they've captured the right stuff. There's a few good stories in there, so I'm very keen to see how that sort of plays out. 40 crew they had on that. I saw Nick Quinn or something sit out there. There's 40, 40 crew on track today to film this doco or whatever they're doing. So, yeah, these are not mucking around. It's going to be a uh, fascinating. They've caught a really interesting year for the documentary with uh, all these recent jockey falls. We had Teo, we had uh, Jamie, Craig. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see... Uh, I guess how they paint that picture and obviously um, Ben Mellum after uh, the TO fall uh, tweeted, there's a graphic on screen, the elephant uh, in the room needs to be addressed. The Victorian workload on racing participants is far too high. Turnover and revenue is important but not at the expense of people's lives. Fatigue kills, hopefully three near-death experiences in three weeks is enough. It's interesting. There's been a lot of commentary about uh, this and a lot of people saying, oh, well, you don't have to ride too much, Ben, and uh, manage your own uh, workload. You're a contractor. You can pick and choose as you like. But, um, you know, Walt sort of weighed in and he said that it doesn't really work like that and there's pressure, there's trials, there's track work, and it's sort of like 4 to, you know, 4 a.m. to 11 o'clock at night, sometimes on like a Thursday, Friday night. You've got Wednesday racing, which is now pushed to towards this, this sort of twilight meeting. So, it does compound Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and then you've got arguably the biggest day, which is uh, the Saturday, and then uh, Sunday racing as well. So it's just a non-stop machine, uh, the racing uh, game at the moment. And Don Byrne pointed out that uh, Victorian need 80% more apprentices and 16% more jockeys in total than they had in 2022 uh, to keep up with the national averages on workload. So I think... Um, Bit of a cry for help from Ben Mellon, but he's on the money here, isn't he? 
No, who? Malum or Don Byrne? Don Byrne isn't. That 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 that, that wasn't relevant down here. There, and not, Queensland is from goes from Townsville right down to the to the border. Graft or whatever it is, Grafton there. Everything's got a huge area. New South Wales much bigger. Like you talk, my mate, who I am, mate, when he was riding our wheeler, like middle of the road jockey, mate. I, I drove him to Swan Hill one day for one ride, one ride, and he'd go here for like two rides, and he wouldn't get a ride for three days. Get rides. So go and ask Al German and Jack Hill and all those middle of the road jockeys how they're going. You know, driving all the three hours for one ride and here for two rides. This and that might be eight rides a week. You know, so that we don't need, don't need, you know, don't need more riders. But I do think they need more. I mean, I did see Racing Victoria to this week. They've advertised for a. A track work trainer, track a slow rider trainer to train up people so get more apprentices in, and the ones that don't get through, they can become track riders and have another crack and that. But then, so you know, they only take eight apprentices a year. But then when they they can't get a ride till they start going, you know, four kilo apprentices, who's going to put them on? Things like that. So um, I don't think I don't think it's that. But definitely the work, definitely the workload, the night meetings, and the, I don't know what the answer is, but um, the night meetings by by day meetings by. Three or four days in a row, yeah, you can see uh, you can see the issues. Surely there just be has to be a, a night and day sort of schedule of riders, or you can't do three or four meetings in a row. There has to be some sort of intervention from Racing Victoria if this is in fact an issue. People that you can't back up and you can't do the Wednesday twilight, Thursday night, Friday night, and maybe you can only do one day meeting if you cover all those three nights. So it can't be too hard for these guys to to fix because they talk about animal welfare as being a big issue uh, and, you know, the Greens knocking down the door to, to sort of kill racing. Tell you what, if there's a couple of jockeys um, go by the wayside and there's already a couple that have got severely injured at the moment, well, it leaves racing in a really vulnerable state, I thought. It's it's such a – I mean, they're self-employed. They're, self, they're their own contractors. It's such a catch-and-kill game, right? So even though they've saved – they have one week out with suspension, let alone a month off through injury or 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 go for a break or holiday, except when you're Zara and Malum and the good riders. But those blokes, they just lose all their momentum. Other blokes step in and ride the horses at, in work or in the races that they would have been riding. So if they're sort of the trainer puts one in on the Friday. If they've ridden Thursday because they've been riding that thing work Thursday day, got to be on it. And then the trainer says, well, I'm sending another one to Packingham that night. Yeah, I want to be on it. And where's that other selling? Well, he's got a suitable 1,200-meter race at Kiton on the Friday. Oh, I want to be on it. So, I mean, you know, they miss out. Then, okay, don't worry, you don't want to ride it, I'll go put Jack Hill on it, you know, and then they lose the ride and it wins. And So, I mean, it's such a catch-and-kill game. And then the the Johnny on the spot when the jockeys, like you see, gee, Boss was the best at it. Like a jockey would go down, for, have a group one ride coming up, and he straight on the blower, you know. Gee, Boss is available, you know, straight in there, straight in and under and get the ride. It, it's such a catch-and-kill caper. And um, if, they, if they're not riding or they're, you know, they're not riding those horses in work, the good horses in work turning up, they lose the rides, and I don't. Yeah, so I don't know what the answer is because if they back off, someone else is, you know, someone else will jump in underneath them. So it, maybe it's an amount of rides. So maybe they're only allowed to ride thirty race rides a week or whatever the magical number is, so they can still uh, pick and choose. And instead of riding eight on the card three days in a row, they they can just pick around their four best rides. I think to me that that makes a logic logic sense. But I think everyone needs to get their heads in a room and. And figure it out because um, that's right. I mean, the, the, we're, we're having Mondays. There's no race. There's no racing on Mondays at the moment. And then the Tuesdays, all the you know the top the top ten riders wouldn't ride on a Tuesday if it's if it's out wide and things like that. So then it's really a Wednesday to Sunday issue. And um, yeah, so um, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Is, is Scoot really? Yeah, I don't know the answer either. Maybe I think Victoria is a lot different to other states because we have jump outs. So you know, other states, you know. I'm sure they have jump outs for Victoria. Like you look at Cranbourne, everybody jockeys there because all the good trainers are there. So, you know, they're all at Flemington and that. So you've got to say Thursday night if you're out of Packingham, then the next day you're probably at Flemington at sort of 7 a.m. if you haven't ridden in gallops or anything like that, track work before that, to ride the jump out. So I feel like that's probably an, an issue that needs to be sort of looked at. The jump out thing's a big one, Nico, because I don't think the riders don't get paid for jump outs, do they? No. So that's that's so, probably the that, biggest issue. Yeah, they don't get and paid then, for them. And then Racing Victoria say, we, we run jump outs because it's cheaper for owners to It's cost to owners. We want to lessen the cost of owners. Now, it's less of the cost of owners because the jockeys aren't get, getting paid, and that's why they're not official trials, right? So the, and then the trainers say, oh, you got right in the jump out because you're going to get your 200 to ride it or your prize money to ride it on race day. So they're sort of compensating there. So you're riding the jump out, you get to ride it on race day. So it's... um. But that's why that's one of the reasons the trials versus jump outs down here, you know. So it's again, it's a two way sword. Just to skip along, there's a little bit of fatigue uh, creeping in. Uh, the jockey B May. It, uh, there's a little graphic on the screen now. Winger Tui on uh, Monday in New Zealand failed to weigh in. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened here, but it looks like a rider has uh, 
won the race and then the connections of the second horse have protested uh, on the result itself, but uh, the rider of the winner just sort of went MIA, so he went missing. So then they've disqualified that runner and uh, they've lost the race. So the punters have gone absolutely uh, screwed, but he's got five-and-a-half-week penalty, the jockey there, for not weighing in. I've never heard of this ever before in my life, uh, DK. Have you ever... He's done a Harold, Harold Holt. Yeah, well, whether yeah, I don't know. You'd, I don't know. You'd have to find out the reason for. Um, obviously, there's no, no malice or um, anything like that. You know, ill intent about him not weighing in. Otherwise, he would have got longer a year or two, wouldn't he? You know, so I'd say he's had some sort of issue, and whether it was just a brain fade or um, you know, he was right. He's he lost his lost his lost his way because he's been sweating so much or. Who knows? Who knows? But he obviously wasn't thinking straight. But they, I mean, you know, five and a half weeks is just a little tap on the wrist, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> yes. No, that was I've never seen. They're getting the punters. The punters, yeah. Get, get the horses, of course, could have carried the right weight, and everything should be sweet just because he hasn't weighed in. The punters do their day, but anyway. yeah, no, that was a weird Surely one. Surely protest payout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Justice, justice payouts or protest payouts. Yeah, true. If uh, if you've caught a couple of sick beats. Recently, make sure you check out uh, the Comics Lounge in Melbourne. They're the home of comedy. Uh, they're in Errol Street in North Melbourne. So you can do private functions. They can hire their uh, comedians, best in the business. And so you make sure you check them out. They're a new sponsor on board the Comics Lounge. So uh, make sure you get around them. And uh, Melbourne's Comics uh, Festival is just about to uh, hit our uh, hit the doorsteps there. So make sure you, uh, you check their schedule and book someone in. All right, today's show is going to be a beauty. Uh, Donnie, I'll tell you what. He's struggling up uh, up in Brisbane at the moment, but uh, he's got one at Eagle Farm. He's gone for uh, just the one bet and uh, one early winner. As I said, Walt's going to be by video only, so we'll have a look at a bit of a chat about the tanker, but uh, he's going to drop his best bet. So I uh, suggest that you follow him on Twitter at jwalter uh, if you want to see his 10-pin bowling antics and uh, some of our Augusta trip highlights. But uh, there'll be some weird and wonderful stuff come on uh, Walt's timeline. But uh, he doesn't sleep, this bloke. So he'll be uh, tipping all of his Sydney stuff. And he's obviously got a fair bit to manage in the racing watch thing. And uh, we'll be both pretty active and online for the next couple of weeks regardless. Nico, uh, Mooney Valley Friday. It's uh, Group 1 William Reed night, which is uh, great stuff there. No surprise that you're uh, going to lean towards that meeting. Uh, Flemington Group 1 Australia Cup Day looks tricky. And then the top spot steamers, uh, Uncommon James was a bit uh, stiff and uh, Alligator Blood was another one last week. So still looking to uh, strike there after uh, three disappointing ones and uh, one definitely unlucky there. But uh, make sure you get around Top Sport. They're family owned and operated and uh, they've got the new app and the mobile site. So if uh, you've left them in the dark for a little while, make sure you, you download and update that app. And uh, I'm sure Tristan and the boys will look after you once you get rolling there. So make sure you check out uh, their new app and give it a roll. But DK, we're going to uh, dust the the cobwebs off you. Uh, you're mm. back. We uh, we threatened that you'd do a race, then you went missing for a week, and now uh, you're back. So we're going to have a look at uh, packing them on Thursday night. So yes. it's, uh, it'll be sick news if you're going to listen to the podcast on Friday. Wow, well, uh, sorry about that. I did I did look for Geelong Friday, but there was just nothing there. So um, apology if this wins. Apologies, apologies for the people who are watching on Friday. But anyway, let's just get it. Worry about getting it home first. I think you found an absolute beauty here. Packingham Race 5, it's the 1,400-metre uh, maiden plate, just how you like them. El Salido, uh, B. Shin R. Lang, $2.60 in from $3.60. Miss uh, Milhouse, $5. Cosmic Enigma, $7.50. Credible Analysis, $8.50. King Neptune, $9. Wield Sun, $9. Rocket Pie, 12 And we won't bother about the rest. Can have a look at uh, two replays. El Salido, the favourites, the one that you like here. It's been heavily backed already. This is Mooney Valley on... Uh, this is Mooney Valley. So this was first up this prep. Um, he'd just been a speed horse as a two-year-old. or had one start, trialled speed. First go here was Zara was on this. I don't know. That's an interesting ride. I just want to see him return because they'd ridden him quiet in the jump outs. Um, he was a bit grubby out. Got back to last year. He was on pace, dominated. And, uh, geez, he, um, geez, I love this last 100. He, he zoomed and looked at plenty, plenty left. Um, I think he reeled off. Might have been the best, best last furlong of the night. So then uh, he went He went to Packenham and I had something on him at Packenham. I thought he could beat Gringotts and um, he didn't. Gringotts was a better one, but Gringotts is a good horse. He won yesterday. And then he, he turned up in this in the Future Stars final at Packenham here and from the outside, Barry had to go back to last. Um, he followed Bel Air and this was a slowly run race on pace. Some good horses kicking on in front of him. Um, he was matching, virtually matched Bel Air sectionals. And, um, you know, I just like, again, like the way he's working to the line. He ran, I think he might have run, 
second or third, best last of the night, equal week with Belair. Belair come out and won at, at uh, Mooney Valley on Saturday. Um, he gets the better draw here. B Shin gets his second ride on him from a better draw um, rather than a wide draw. Um, so he can midfield. I think he's better. The, the day I sort of thought he could beat Gringotts, he, he sort of see Williams put him up there and I think he's better probably midfield. So just midfield just and he can re, um, he can he can run home, but he geez, he can find the line this horse and um I think uh yeah, I think it sets up sets up really well for me. He, he's proven at the track and distance. That was a three hundred thousand dollar race. He was a maiden against horses who'd won races there. So um yeah, I think he's 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 back as a really, really nice horse. Um I thought the only the the main, I thought the danger was a thing. Um, Archie Alexander's was Miss Millhouse. She um, she debuted at the ball was heavily tried. Yendo was on, and she just got held up at a vital stage. But she she got to the line really well. But she's she's thirty one days between runs, which don't know second start. Don't know if she took a week or something to get over that debut. Um, comes in a bit trickier draw. Um, she will produce by Toronado and El Salado's by Toronado, and they like. You know, as, as they get up in trips, she's up to fourteen hundred. But look, I thought uh, El, Salado, El Salado, um he was he was better odds when I sent that through. He's been backed in, but um, he probably settled up midfield. And there's a few few with bit of form in this race, so I'd expect him. He might um, might kick kick back out a little bit, especially he's going to settle midfield. Um, but uh, I thought he'd be hard to beat. Tell you what, if DK's tipping him on the show, he's not going to drift. He's just not going to be drifting whatsoever. It looks like an absolute cracker. As long as Robbie Lang hasn't trained the wheels off him, he looks like an absolute moral. Nico, agree. He's been out of slow pace races, so he hasn't really hurt himself, has he, Nico? You know this horse? Yeah, I know. Um, having done the, the Packham form recently, he's sort of one of those future stars maidens, and yeah, he's been a horse that uh, looks like um, he's going to be breaking the maiden in no time soon. Uh, and I think that, that race he comes out is pretty strong, isn't it? Bel Air, one of it. Um, I backed the horse of Mornington that deadheaded out of it uh, back in the field, one of the mares. So um, there's been good form out of that race, and... You know, bumping into Gringotts. Gringotts was a big win yesterday, beating Helix, who ran second in that race. So it all sort of ties in, and it's it's probably some of the better form of Victoria at the moment, especially at that sort of midweek level. Um, away from the Saturday group class race, probably is the best form. So, yep, can definitely see the love. I know uh, Benny Asgari's all over it as well, so um, give it strength. Hopefully a nice way to uh, build your bank for this Saturday. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Mooney Valley Race 3 Friday night before we get to Saturday and Brave Mead's come up favourite. Dominant winner last start. $2.15 at Top Sport. We've got Coates, uh, sorry, Coast Princess is four eighty. Anna Jazara is $8. Celestial Storm $10. Shorsi $11. Uh, Suko is $12 and then Shadow Fear $13. The repo we're going to have a look at here, Nico, is Brave Mead from the uh, Ma Eustace. Uh, tell us why you like uh, this one. It was a gap job at Packenham. Well, I think you only got to watch the replay, don't you? Just hitting the front here in the uh, Australian bloodstock colours and Jay Allen just asking for an effort. He just explodes away from him. Um, I think the the forming behind him because it can be tested a little bit today or tomorrow at Geelong. Uh, one of these Moody's runners is running, so that would be a bit of a guide, but gee, that was a huge win. Um, they went out very... Like, the win visually is impressive, but then you look at the data. Like, they went out super quick. Um, Leader's gone eight and a half lengths above to the 600. He's put in, you know, a figure of about eight lengths above relative to maiden grade. Usually when they do that, they can sort of fall off a bit late. Um, and relative to the rest of the meeting, they can sort of run home pretty poor. But he's still run the fastest last, eighth fastest last 400 and eighth fastest last 200 of the meeting after going very fast early relative to maiden grade. So I don't know. I think we just might have saw his true ability there. I mean, a fast run race, uh, I think from barrier number two, we can either lead if they want to he's been right up on speed and some trials and on debut he sat right on speed or just camping behind um something and be extremely hard to beat um there has been a bit of money for coast princess who did beat him on debut um but i think you seeing him in the yard that night i thought he definitely would improve with that run just mentally um i think he did that at pack them i probably wasn't expecting him to improve that much but i thought he definitely would um, market support's been with him in both runs. I think Coach Princess may may have just been the better horse on that night. I'm not sort of reading into that first up run too much. My Eustace, they get better in the deeper in the campaign, especially these two-year-olds. So um, I thought third up here, he looks extremely well-placed. Uh, there might be some small reductions because Mick D's on both the Hayes runners. They're sort of second and third pick, but I really couldn't find a danger. I think if he runs up to his last start effort, he'll absolutely bolt in. I don't know if he will given his third up now that could be like a career peak for him but even if he's somewhere in the range of you know two or three lengths of that i still think he wins this race and 
$2.15. I've just seen the, the top up Christmas just gave me $2.32. So that looks very appealing to my eyes. So um, I don't know if all the other punters can get that, but if you can, I'd definitely be taking it because he looks very, very hard to beat. I thought he was probably the best bet of the weekend, Brave Mead. DK probably knows a bit about this horse doing the uh, the maidens too. Yeah, yeah. Saw him win. Saw him win. Um, yeah, no, it couldn't be more impressive. Um, momentum, and that's when you really see him when they when they got to roll along, and you see what's in the tank. You're sort of even behind him a bit on debut and learning, but just on just on uh, data data. Um, this is why you got to I mean why why you got to have proper data, proper punning form, proper times, pay pay. Because if you get the free stuff on racing.com. Uh-oh. I was looking at the replay again this morning on Racing.com and I couldn't see it there. Four links, four links below par, that race. Four links below par with him slowing down to the 21st best last 200 rather than, well, you know, it's a fast race. He's spaced him. He hasn't been, he's not slowing down. So he's, the punning form data is correct. And um, and he's, it's a fast race, you know, run, run time. So, you know, you get the free, you can't, if anyone put their faith in those par times and Racing.com, I'm telling you now, don't. You know, don't. I, I don't know where they're getting them from, but it's just completely wrong. He's won by five links in a fast race. How can he go four links below standard? Like, so, um, no, you've got to get punning form. And, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, I don't, I don't, you know, he's going to be hard to beat, but, um, yeah, improving horse. We say it every week, punning form's the best uh, in the business. Yeah, the uh, the stable, I remember that, I think, I can't remember if it was uh, Kieran Maher or Dave Eustace, they said uh, when it won last start, that, that was their best for the weekend, so... If he holds his uh, ratings there, it looks like he's an absolute uh, put-in-take-out job. All right, let's have a look at uh, the Group 1, William Reed. We've got plenty on the menu today. Race 7 at the Valley Friday night. Imperatiz, $3.30. Jigsaw, $6.00. Benedetta, $8.00. In the Congo, $8.50. Bellinipatina, $10.00. King of Sparta, $14.00. KCU, $14.00. Babylon, Berlin, $14.00. Front page, $19.00. September run, uh, $20.00. And you got Mask Crusader, $31.00. Chain of Lightning, $31.00. And then Rock and Horse, $41.00. Who um, goes not too bad at the Valley for an outsider. So that's the... Uh, the depth and the strength of this uh, field here. Nico, the replay we're going to have a look at is Imperatis. This is the uh, the nightmare I was talking about uh, before. You took $14 futures. It started uh, very short, around the $3 mark, I think. And then you got Artorias with Zach Purton sort of weaving through and uh, winning here. Well, here I thought we're home, and then Artorias just absolutely blouses his lay, but there's no Artorias in this field. Um, you know, we get to this point in the race, that's 1,200 there, and she's beat them comfortably, you know, the horses out of this race, Cascadians run well on the All-Star Mile. Artorias was great in the rider. Converge was great in the rider. Like, the form out of its proper form. I know this is 1,200 metres relative to those horses that stepped up in distance, but, you know, she beat a, she beat most of a proper field there, and she bumped into a very good sprinter on his day, Artorias. Like, his runs overseas in sort of Ascot and that were huge. So, um, I think she doesn't strike as strong a race here, and I, I really like the map for her. Barry number seven, a lot of the horses inside are going to kick up. Um, and probably look to hold a spot. I think there's really good speed in this race, and I think the speed could just take each other on and sort of um, take each other out of the race. And given in the Congo and Jigsaw are sort of two of those horses, I'd be putting the pen through them, to be honest. And then sort of that, where does it leave you? Benedetta. Um, she was going to go there? She was good last start. I don't know. don't know whether you would from 11. Like, you'd have to catch a pretty smart one in front of your first exposure to... You know, this sort of pressure, she only met the boys for the first time last start, um, away relative, you know, since her maiden wins. So, yeah, she's dominant and she's doing everything right, but don't know if you could sort of get too involved here, given the barrier. And then where else do you look? Probably a few horses that are, um, had runs that are below their best last start, like Balney, Patina, Pulele. They're definitely in the game if they can find their best and they're probably good enough odds to sort of have small savers on. I thought the second pick's probably King of Sparta. Uh, huge run on the Oakley Plate. We've seen that form backed up with Uncommon James running second in the Galaxy, Lofty Strike running second in the New Market. I get a proper race, the Oakley Plate. And he's I think he's just come back better, this preparation. I thought he was probably the horse I'd mark much shorter um, than sort of $18 that was being shot last night. But yeah, I think the way this race maps out, I sort of did the race thinking I might try to get her beat in Peritris. But the, the more I looked at it, I thought, geez, she's just going to get every favour here. And it's just... I think she's got the on-speed brigade covered. I think they'll carve each other up too much as just whether a back market can get into the race, which generally on this night at Mooney Valley, you can't. It's usually a night that's just mad on speed and you've got to be right up there, which I think she'll, she'll probably just be camping in behind the speed, probably you know two to four lengths, maybe five lengths off the leader. And, and there's a few of them that are queries at the distance or don't seem like they're going too well. So um, you obviously want to see how the track's playing just to factor in how much you can 
um, factor in a few of these back markers, but if it's playing, you know, to the forward half of the field, uh, she looks extremely hard to beat as well. Yeah, this is a uh, an interesting race, and probably the only worry is uh, Opie Blossom around the Mooney Valley circuit. You'd rather J back like last start, but you know, Opie's he's come here and done it before. It's not like he hasn't won Group Ones in Australia. It's just you got a it's a bit of a throwback, isn't it? Um, I think he rode Mongolian Khan, didn't he? And sort of. He's had a fair few cracks over here. He's a big time rider over there, so he, he knows he can get the job done for you. It's just you'd probably rather a local, but I think that might help you with your price. To be honest, if J Mac was on, she probably would be two sixty, two seventy. So, well, hopefully, gets the job done. Deep race for mine, and um, not sure that uh, DK's got any thoughts, but um, happy to back you in there, Nico. And just a little correction: Imperatives was thirteen hundred in the uh, Canterbury Stakes last time, so twelve hundred will be no issue at uh, the Valley, but. Um, Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Three dollars thirty. Don't know. It'd uh, be interesting to see what happens with Benedetta. So hard to bet uh, until the scratching sort of come out there. But uh, probably on the money there. Let's have a look at uh, Flemington race number seven on Saturday, and that's the Australian Cup. Interesting market here. Cascadian's been smashed four twenty into two ninety at Top Sport. Right, you are seven dollars. Malunga eight dollars. Nonconformist eight dollars. Steinem eleven dollars. Bankmore fifteen. Emissary sixteen. Numerian seventeen. Here's a shocker. Twenty one pounding. 21 virtual circle 21 campionessa is 21 dollars smoke and rome is 26 and then uh, you got horses like luna flair 34 el patroness 61 and maracino 81 dollars regal power 91 yaffet uh some funny placement there 91 dollars and bear story 101 who was not too shabby first up but um initial thoughts here nico i uh i think we mentioned it off air pre-show uh cascadian was the uh, as the heavily back runner here, and I think we're going to have a look at the replay here. A little bit unlucky in the All Star Mile, but I assume that uh, punters are thinking this horse is going to run super again, especially as DK alluded to Flemington, and he's got uh, he's probably most suited by by the rain out of most of these gallopers. Uh, soft track, heavy track, doesn't matter. Jesus, was a good ride, hey B Mellum, what a ride, hey. <laughs> There's some great rides, both him and D Perez. Like, for, for in a, on the big stage, they just rode those horses superb. Like, particularly the bloke from Tassie. I mean, he's, Mellum, you sort of say, okay, he's done it a few times. But, oh, what a great ride. But, um, yeah, anyway, you go, Nico, and I'll go. I'll tune in after. Oh, it was a terrific run. Like, I think you can't really be knocking the run too much. Like, he's gone huge there. Cascadian. Um, you know, look back to his four last prep. He was a winner over 2,000 metres in a real fast run race. I think he'll cop a, at least a genuine tempo here. He's drawn 11, but he's a back marker, so that's not really... I'm um, too bad for him. He'll be back there anyway. It's like he ever sits on top of the speed. So I think it's really just a pricing with him. Like, what price are you happy to take? I'm probably not happy to get involved at 290. Um, I wasn't really happy to get involved at 350, to be honest. So um, he looks like at this stage, you know, before the yard and sort of sort of assessments at the moment, um, yeah, I probably couldn't be backing him at that price. He's probably the most likely winner. Just what price you want to get involved. Um, Mwanga's got some... Very good form at Flemington. He's never misplaced at Flemington. Um, and he's got some good runs in sort of the McKinnon and the Champion Stakes. Daniel Moore from 15. He's going to have to make some decisions there. Nonconformist. He's another one, you know, got back to somewhere near his best last start, according to punning form and a lot of rating spaces out there. Um, that was a big win in the Blamey. But he's got some decisions to make from 14. Do they just want to go right back? Steinem, your fourth pick in the market's the same. She's drawn wide. So your, your first four picks in the market are all drawn you know, very wide, and then sort of emissaries, you know, next to the line, and he's drawn 19. So they're all back markers. I think this race could be determined to who gets the best run. Those horses for mine are probably Smoking Romans, he's a shocker, Numerain, and potentially Virtuous Circle, um, who could be those horses that get the good runs. I think it's a real raffle this year, the Australian Cup. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you got a winner at like 30s, like Smoking Romans, or even Pounding, if you could get into the finish. I think it's a great race. Um, there's plenty of angles. I could, couldn't really knock anyone for sort of finding, um, you know, Emissary or Pounding. Or he's a shocker here. I think the one, maybe he's a shocker. If he can run up to his champion's stakes run, where he runs second or third on protest. But, um, you know, I think he gets a very similar run here. He was probably a horse in the blame here that was just too far back. Like, he ran, still ran the four fastest last 200 of the race. Um, I feel like at his best, he's being a little bit underrated here. Ollie probably puts him in the spot from three. Um, I thought if you're playing exotics, him and Smoker Romans have to go in because I think they just get the best runs. But incredibly deep race. Great race. Um, 
but yeah, very deep. I wanted to sort of half find him, Aaron, because I think he'll go forward and be in the race for a long time. I sort of like that I've kept him fresh here. He looks clear target. Uh, but then I, I sort of jogged back to the hill stakes where it was rain affected and gee, Cascadian went went past him that day like he was stuck to the fence. It's a real interesting one with the three-year-olds too. If Bankmore and Virtual Circle go forward, I think they can run a, a solid placing, but hmm, I just don't know if they're going to uh, take that next step to the to this sort of level. But uh, he looks like a horse to my eye, Virtual Circle, that would completely eat up Flemington 2,000 metres. He was great late in the guineas. What did you think of uh, that runner, DK? Yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a nice horse on the up, um, yeah, and he's obviously they've held him over for this and knew they'd get a run and set for it, and he's he's that that three year old on the up, but um, and he's got to step up, and you know Cascadian's proven proven class proven class horse, and I just think you you know the first ticks the the backup off the fast race. I mean that's just that's an old you know old form pill, the backup off a fast race. And then he's a proven backup horse. Last time he backed up into a two thousand at Flemington, he ran second to Zaki in the McKinnon. So I mean, if he runs up to that, he'll win this. So this is this is nowhere near that class of race that that was with Saki. So um, yeah, if he, if if on you know if all things being even, he should he should he can he, he should handle them. But um, you know, they're like yourself, Scoot said, there's there's a chance when all those things in the market are sort of off, drawn drawn to be sort of off midfield, there is a, there is a chance for the stuff to happen. You know, up the front, someone to pinch it. But um, I think you either get great up over it and say put ten in the quaddy, or you keep it simple and it's Cascadian. Yeah, good way to uh, plan it out. Nico, uh, your mounting yard will be up and about for Flemington on Saturday. Are you going to do Mooney Valley as well on Friday? Uh, potentially. Um, maybe quaddy legs or something like that. There, there's some talks in a few of my group chats of um, potentially a few of the boys maybe heading out, so we might see, um, but not sort of committing to anything. Definitely there for Flemington Saturday, though. Uh, really keen to get stuck in there. I think it's a great meeting. I think there's plenty of bets to be had there, so... Uh, can you get out to HQ and uh, maybe something for the Mooney Valley? No guarantee, sir. Yeah, you got a little uh, bonus uh, meeting there on uh, Mornington on Tuesday, so I'm uh, working you the bone. Might have to put a bit of a fatigue uh, rule in for you as well. But uh, even punters, like obviously jockeys work super, super hard, but uh, DK, you specialise in the maidens. Nico, you do the Metro Yard and things like that. And even me, I pick the eyes out of them and use punning form to help me I sort of pick the eyes out of the form and uh, take shortcuts here and there. But to try and keep on top of all the form uh, in Victoria as torture and just in, in, around Australia, there's just wall-to-wall product. Like, oh. Uh, well, that's, yeah. uh, that's right. And the Monday, I love the, the Mondays. Having the Mondays is like taking a deep breath. Look at them going, oh, there's no races on. Beautiful. And I can sort of do all your database catch-up and stuff like this and maybe go and do a couple of things that you need to you, because Mondays are a great day if you've got it and if you've got it to go and do your your chores and stuff that, or your messages and things and stuff. But and also Wednesdays. I mean, I, don't, I really don't partake in Wednesdays, so it's another day, and then I can gear up, you know, for the for the weekend meetings. But um, yeah, you can't, if you're going flat it every day, you just just drive yourself into the ground. Patience is uh, a tool that you need, and so is punningform.com.au. So make sure you check out punningform if you haven't. It'll help you uh, keep your database in check and uh, help you uh, do the shortcuts for the form. Tell you what, it's a it's a more harmonious show without uh, Walt. A bit more positive, a bit more pep in the step, and it's been uh, very much a, a Melbourne um, focused show. But it's uh, it's great racing up in Sydney. The weather forecast is terrible, which is uh, no surprise. Seven mil, ten mil, fifteen mil. So I think we're going to get rain affected track, similar to I guess at least it's a nat- natural sort of uh, rain affected deck this week. But uh, we'll have a look at the Tancred first and have a talk about that because a lot of the form lines uh, are sort of in the similar type realms here that we've just been speaking about the uh, Australian Cup. But it's Group 1 up in uh, Sydney, 2,400 metres, Tancred. It's Gold Trip here at 420, wait for age. Montefilia at 480. Cleveland's been off the map. This is the import, $10 into $5. Arapahoe, Canberra Cup winner, 850 Knights order, uh, $9. Vow and Declare, 10. Salukan, 12. Stockman, $13. King Frankel, 13. Explosive Jack, 26. Saracen Knight, 51. And uh, much, much better the rest. Interesting, uh, the quick form that I had a look at with Cleveland the time the form ties in around sort of the e-ball form with uh, get shirty and this horse has got a lot of 2200 to 3000 meter form and the mail around the place as the market betting suggests 10 into five dollars as this horse has landed and it's completely airborne gets Kay McAvoy any thoughts on uh, that initial market or just the race itself uh, Nico first probably well I thought it gold trip would have it at his mercy sort of off his first up run and then last start you know he was a bit 
bit plain. Maybe the race shape didn't suit him. Um, on the backup probably helps him. But yeah, that was probably my my starting point in the race. But I don't know if you can get sort of too involved given you know the plain run the other day. I don't know much about Cleveland, but you know, that sort of interesting intel that you uh, bring to the table there. Yeah, uh, weird race. I would have thought. I think Gold Trip at his best. I think you know he's. He's the best of our local chances. It's just whether that first up run really flattened him for the rest of the campaign is probably the worry after last start. DK, now you're a Metro man. Any thoughts on this race? No, group group one race, is it? It's a group one race. <laughs> is it? Well, it's got the Melbourne Cup winner. It's got two Melbourne, got two, two Melbourne Cup winners. Huh? Got two Melbourne Cup winners. Van Declare's in this, isn't he too? Is he in this? I think I saw him there. Is he um, in the race though? Do you reckon he's a chance? Oh, he's single figures, isn't he? Nine, ten dollars chance. Well, wouldn't he? He's, he went that. He went good the other day, but um, no, no. Uh, I think ever that that Cleveland stuff is everyone's tuning into the Dubai Honor. What happened with Dubai Honor the other day? You know, and saying, "Well, oh, geez, good chance they bring one out here. It's a good chance it's better than that." That this bunch of I don't know, I'm going to call them Melbourne Cup winners, moderate bunch, but this is not their race. It's not a 3,200 meter handicap. This is 2,400 away for eight. So um, the way Dubai Honor handled them last week, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland come out and handled this lot in the same vein. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I uh, I thought Explosive Jack's been uh, really good without winning. Was really good in the Carline Cup behind Pounding and uh, Sunshine Rising, and then it was really good in the Canberra Cup. But was just a complete cow paddock with Arapaho. So if if the market's saying that Arapaho's in the race thirteen into eight fifty, I'm uh, I'm pretty confident that Explosive Jack is ready to peak, and twenty four hundred is what he's been looking for. And I do notice that uh, John Allen's gone up for the ride there on Explosive Jack. So twenty six dollars. I think uh, that's definitely the wrong price. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a tickle in the market for him. But um, be interesting to see what happens with the betting there. Let's um, let's hear from the man himself, the uh, the captain up in Sydney, Johnny Walter via video. G'day guys, miss you already phoning in uh, this week, and uh, we'll be for the next couple of weeks, I guess. But um, what are we going to call this? I guess Johnny's best, uh, Donny's best is the normally the fighter friend who rings in and does a great job every week. But uh, this time it's 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 uh, my turn to be to be calling in, and I, I'm going to wait till late in the day. Rose Hill rail out. I'm hoping they don't to do the same trick they did last week and sort of water the inside. I'm assuming that it'll be a normal Rose Hill where the inside in run will be an advantage, and it'll be hard to come from sort of back and wide. Uh, even though we do have big fields for the, the majority of the day. Uh, my first, uh, I'm going to say value selection because it isn't an easy race as it is Dimel in the Doncaster Prelude. Thought it had a bit of a look around there first up and I think it'll be an improved runner here. Inside draw, Tommy Marquand will certainly looking, be looking to be striking back after uh, after that unfortunate fall last time he was out here a few weeks ago. Pretty open race with Crosstalk, a, a shortish price favourite. He's in the horse, so I usually do have a good look at trying to bet around and I thought it was a pretty... A pretty soft race overall, to be fair. And even though Diamond may be peaking into the Doncaster, I think that inside draw will really uh, allow him to uh, run a much improved race here. And uh, the last, uh, it's because of the clearway handicap, just a benchmark 1400. I'm just going to continue to stay with his mouth eye now that he's he's run that distance out. I think that uh, he's shown that he's a different horse this time in. He's much more relaxed. Draws perfectly to just land on the speed here. Ryan Maloney riding really well, and I expect Maltai to run run really well. I'm actually surprised it's a um, you know sort of five dollars five fifty range uh, early in betting. I, I think Tamerlane's very short. Um, obviously Zach Lloyd can't put a foot wrong at the moment, but uh, I think three dollars thirty odd around him is he's very short. The huge query runner in the race is the the Snowden horse substantial. We saw them produce a, an international horse today at um, the Kensington track that ran really well fresh, and, and this horse has trialed up extremely well. So uh, if you're playing in the race, maybe a saver on substantial at around the $5.50, $6 mark. But I, I do think Maltai is the play at five fifty. So Diamond in the Dolcaster Prelude uh, is a bit more of a speculator, but a bit more confident in the last with, with Maltai and, and probably just uh, for Saturday's sake, uh, staving on substantial. Good luck, guys. Hope you all have a, a great Saturday. Cheers. Tell you what, he's a lot less bullish when he's just one out uh, in the dungeon by himself compared to the lip that he sort of gives us on the show in here. But um, I thought a couple of runners prior to the barrier draw was interesting at odds here. Uh, Nico was a uh, new mandate, uh, first up for Waller, uh, second prep now in Australia. It's 40 to 1, but it's drawn barrier 20, which may rule him out depending on uh, what the weather does. I thought well, Wall. Probably was entitled to run past uh, a few more, but looks like he's getting uh, sort of near his peak. So he's another import uh, on his second prep. 
K McAvoy, Barrier 12. Uh, and then a horse like Waterford, he obviously looks like he's uh, about to peak as well, but he's drawn Barrier 18 and uh, he's a bit short in the market there at $7. But Bandersnatches at eight fifty, probably really unlucky. Skyman goes uh, okay fresh, but um, Walt's best there in a uh, pretty tricky race is Dye Mill, uh, 10 out to 11 this morning with uh, Tommy Marquand for uh, John O'Shea. Real uh, deep race this one. Nico, any thoughts? No, I was with Walt. I kind of had a, a bit of a liking for Dye Mill, to be honest. Uh, I thought um, you could definitely make some some excuses last start, and I think he looks like he's here to play. So Tommy on. Um, hopefully he's uh, positive from the draw and just gets a nice soft run in sort of midfield or something like that. He's not a horse that can really put himself in the race too much from what I've seen, but uh, we'll see where the race New South Wales maps uh, just slot him in, and uh, hopefully Tommy rides to that. If it's nice and positive, I thought $11 uh in an open race, like he's probably a horse that looks like he's been completely set for it. So, yeah, him and Waterford were the two I sort of looked at and thought, you, you look like you've been completely set up, but uh, he doesn't get any favours from the draw Waterford out in 18, especially if um, Walt's correct and sort of suggesting the track might be a, um, you know, a bit, a bit different to last week and back towards the fence. So that's probably not going to be the spot to be, Barrier 18. Interesting in the last, uh, I think Walt might be uh, sort of trolling us there with Zach Lloyd not put a foot wrong. He uh, he knocked out one of our horses a couple of weeks ago, but tell you what, he's a rider on fire. I think he got a double or treble there yesterday. Maotai is an interesting one. I think what blinkers go on and then they take them off just before the race. So that's an, it's an interesting gear change. And the horse has got a lot of head noise, but he's got a lot of ability when he's right and substantial uh, Snowden first up. I'm not sure the Snowden yard, and I think everyone's talking about it at the moment, they're not known to fire uh, first up, but interesting that uh, Walt's got him marked it as the uh, the danger horse. But, God, he's uh, if you're fishing outside those uh, first cup in the market, that's, uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a nightmare race afterwards for that. But uh, definitely a weather watch up in Sydney. Uh, with lots of rain around, and uh, I'd be I'd be treading carefully too. Any uh, betting into Flemington or Mooney Valley or Rose Hill, make sure uh, you get a pretty firm handle on uh, what the weather conditions are because there's uh, minor differences, massive difference between good fours, soft fives, and sixes and stuff like that. And especially where the uh, the patterns sort of play out. So use the uh, market intelligence and uh, the weather forecast to your advantage and uh, probably uh, save your pennies until Saturday and just let uh, let the weather unfold and uh, let the bias maybe in races uh, one and two unfold prior. Racingwatch.com.au. I know Johnny's going to be uh, Johnny on the spot over uh, in America, so he'll be doing the form and he doesn't uh, doesn't dabble in much of uh, – much of the booze, so he'll be uh, he'll be swinging from the fences and uh, doing lots of the form from uh, the state. So if you want uh, more analysis on Sydney and New South Wales racing, make sure you check out racingwatch.com.au, Telegram or Discord. Definitely worth a look. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Donnie's Best Eagle Farm. Gentlemen, Donnie's back with the best bets this weekend's racing. Looks a tough one around the cards. Razor looks tough. Flemington looks tricky. Hope DK's got another $2 win that he might have tipped last week. He was on the show. Looking forward to that and listening in very carefully for him. My best bet comes up in the first at Eagle Farm, so we'll get the money nice and early. It's pretty short. $2.35 a top spot. Number three, Bobby Shiraz. He's had two trials of Bjorn Baker, winning its last trial and showing great improvement from its first outing. He beat a horse called Tipper uh, Libertad that absolutely bolted into Kenzo yesterday. Um, if it should lead a box seat from Barrier 1. The Queenslanders, the two-year-olds up here at the moment, are very, very slow. The only danger is Felix is scat. He had all favours last start. Today, it's drawn eight out of eight, so we'll have to go back and circle them. I don't think win. I'm very keen on Bobby Shiraz at $2.35. So the best bet, race one, number three, Bobby Shiraz at Eagle Farm. Good luck, Jets. Mm, so you having a little bit of a dig at you there? Oh, I, I was just so weird. I... Copped the hook and then I remember I'll give him I'll give him a little dig last week, didn't I? Huh? So he was I'll give him a little dig last week, didn't I? He was, when he tipped a ten dollar chance, and now he's back to what, what price is the thing today? Two thirty five. That's that's in the wheelhouse, Donnie. That's we'll tune into that one. But uh, what price is Mr. Brightside again? Scoot, I forgot. What did SP? It was seven dollars or six fifty. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, Donnie, Donnie will know. Yeah, he's picked a bad week to go after you, really. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> right. Fair enough. This thing gets beat tonight or something, but uh, not on the back of a seven dollar winner. Come on, Donnie, hold it off for a week. Uh, top Sports Steamers again. They're uh, <laughs> they're having a couple of. Uh, they're not having a good run. It's, it is tricky at the moment, but uh, I thought Uncommon James is a really good uh, run without much luck last uh, weekend, and then Maramia Joe Pride. Uh, wow, he can train. We keep saying it. it. Feels like every week we say how good he is. 
race, uh, Flemington race three, number two, is Sparkle for uh, the top sports team here, 500 at $8 against Summerbeal, Kettle Hill. Yeah, that's going to be a race, isn't Whoa. it? Whoa. <laughs> hey, Summerbeal and Jay Childs, and that was what my, my gay, gay Jay Childs and Summerbeal up the front and Ooh. Sparkle. It, it's got to get rolling. That's the best way to ride it. This is a, that's going to be a proper race, that. Yeah, I think Spark, Spark goes to Celine, I think, um, my mm. first memory, so that's a big uh, – Jockey change. Um, I'm pretty sure that's true. I'll have yep. a look through. But uh, yeah, Summerbeal in the race, and then our old mate Kel Hill, who uh, just didn't want to win last start. So um, yes, that is that is a good race. Um, what did you put down the results sheet scoop there for Kel Hill? Cap camera shot. I'm pretty sure that was what was uh, <laughs> after last start. So yeah, right. I, that's that's a key thing in Melbourne. Like this week, like you look at that race it doesn't look like a normal sort of melbourne saturday race just with the, all the injuries and the falls and sydney like the the rakes are running a bit thin like everyone gets their opportunity it's a, i think it's a good thing um but it i don't think it makes it that much easier to bet into because you got jockeys that you probably don't have a good profile on as usual and jockeys that don't have good profiles on the horses they're riding either so uh i think we saw a bit of that last week um a few races where they potentially Overdid it or underdid it on front, out front, and uh, a few of them were just, um, you know, in the wrong spot or just not the greatest ride. So I think that's something you definitely got to, you got to weigh up on Saturday. Ben Mullen probably looks like the real go-to for the entire card because everyone else is sort of jet-setted off to Sydney except B Shin, really. Hundred percent. Maybe, uh, maybe RV should make a bit of a play for Marrera. Get the uh, get the magic man down in Victoria. Just shot shot across the bow. PBL. North Korea. Pass. Well, oh, come on, DK. He's a, he's a good jockey. Yeah, he's a good jockey. We've got, we got plenty. We've got a sack of good jockeys down here. So, so um, D-Lane, D-Lane, Frosty, he's not that in Sydney. He's gone to Dubai. So, Frosty, just sitting right here he is. Flemington race seven, number four, non-conformist, 500 at uh, 850. You can definitely uh, see the love here. He uh, expanded them in the blamey. And uh, I think even uh, Beggy Saw's Luna Flair could be a little bit of a smoky in uh, that one. Uh, right in the other one, uh, race nine, number three, Bananeb. 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 300 at uh, $18 in the last race in the uh, the get-outs at uh, Eagle Farm. So, uh, they can obviously can sometimes throw up a uh, big price winner there at uh, Eagle Farm, so we'll have to get Donnie to maybe uh, comment in on that one. But uh, race nine, if you're uh, struggling for a bet there at Eagle Farm, all right. I think uh, I think that's a wrap. Hopefully, uh, we've found you guys a couple of winners. I'm sure DK will get us off in fine style at Packenham. Donnie's got a nice little moral at Eagle Farm. And uh, Nico, well, you've probably got a moral there in uh, Brave Mead. So if all those shorties get up, we'll be uh, well on our way to having a great weekend and just make sure uh, you get the weather watch down there. And uh, good to have you back, DK. It feels good to have you back previewing races. Does it? Oh, well, we'll see you, <laughs> see you after the results, Coop. See you again. Robbie Lang. A couple of, couple of DK up. tracks this weekend, Avoca and Donald. They just screamed oh, yeah. all oh, Voca, Voca and Donald, yeah, hard to beat. Then into the first first footy match on Sunday. Practice first practice match for the boys. So it hasn't it's come around quick. So um looking forward to that too. So back around at Donald and get the boys home. Just get the Aussie mail, that's all we want, mate. Yeah, Aussie, yeah, Aussie will be down there Sunday, nothing sure. It's bobbing up everywhere, starting to get the right time for him. All right. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Next week I think uh Nico's gonna steer with DK and then uh Walt and I'll be over at Augusta. So uh We are trying to throw uh, grenades from the States. Thanks for watching and good luck on the weekend.